0: Hello and welcome to yet another episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This is your host, Dan Hansen. This show is for entertainment purposes only and extremely not safe at work. This particular episode is investment philosophy. So if you were to ask a hundred investors how you should invest, you're going to get a hundred different answers. It's just the nature of the beast. Investing, it's highly subjective. It's more of an art than a science. Uh, It just is what it is. So what I would implore you to do, if you don't already have an investment philosophy, is to find one. And how do you find one? Well, just by being a sponge, reading, uh, watching videos on YouTube, uh, listening to podcasts, talking to people. And you just keep looking and looking until you find something that makes sense to you. And... One thing I want to stress is you don't wanna to try to fit into a glass slipper that's two sizes too small, right? Like if just you are who you are, you're not going to be able to change for an investment philosophy, nor should you try to. It's like when you buy a suit, you know, you get it tailored fit to you, not the other way around. Uh so yeah, and so, you know, how would I recommend? Well, uh, go down to the 332 section of the library and just check out a bunch of investment books. Uh the the little book series is great. There's and you know, this is me talking, so I'd highly recommend the Pat Dorsey one. There's also a behavioral investing one. Like those two right there are two of the best, well, at least in my opinion, I guess it all goes to opinion, rather than fact. It, those are the two best investment books or two of the best I should say that I've ever read. Um and so when I was younger, I was very militant in my beliefs. I thought like my way or the highway, I have the one true religion of investing. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that, you know, different people think differently. Uh, so I'm going to get into my philosophy. And if you disagree with what I have to say, great. That shows you can think for yourself, which is the most important thing. Um, yeah, there's just different ways to skin a cat, as I'm trying to say. So, but as for, as for my philosophy, um, let's see. So, I'm not going to name names, but there's someone I know who was in investing long before I ever was. Was into business long before I ever cared about it. I was, you know, when I was younger, I was into gambling. I was into music. I was into movies. Uh, I was not into business whatsoever. And I believe it was like 2007, 2008, started talking about stocks with this person. And I remember this one stock in particular I was interested in, and the person said, well, it's a bear market, so it'll probably go down. And I remember saying, well, if it goes down, great, I'll just buy more of it. If it's a deal at 100, it's a, it's a screaming deal at 80. And that person told me, oh, that's like trying to catch a falling knife or uh, you know, it's like dollar cost averaging or whatever. And so I walked away from that conversation being like, well, I must be wrong because this person knows about this stuff and I don't. I'm just some kid, you know. And uh, they they lent me a book and it was on technical analysis. I didn't know what technical analysis was at the time. I was looking at these charts, like the, the, the cup and handle and this thing that's retarded. Like, where is the denominator? You're showing me all these examples of this chart working out, but what all the times it didn't work out? What's the percentages? You know, what's the probability involved? And so anyway, so I walked away this thing, well I don't know anything about investing. Which was true, I didn't. And so then years later, with this person's this continual product, I really owe this person for getting an investing to begin with. Like, they really thought I would take to it, and I never thought I would. And then, of course, they were right. I, I, I have. It's um, like the one thing I've found that I really enjoy that actually makes money. All my other pursuits, like, you know, I love music. I love games. And I love nature and things. It's somewhat hard to make money in those things. And I've tried and i failed. But with investing, it's something I love and it's something I'm good at and it's something I can actually make money in. So I owe them a lot. But in any case, um, so I went down to the local library and I did exactly what I told you to do. And, again, whenever you ask someone for advice, their device is pretty much predetermined by who they are, you know, so when you ask someone for a device, you're basically seeking the answer you already know they're going to give you in many cases. But in any case, uh, so I was looking at all these investment books, and I saw the name Warren Buffett, and I was like, oh, I've heard of him, you know, this is like 2012. It wasn't like 2012, in fact, it was 2012. I've got to stop using like so often. But in any case, so I, I went home, I'm sure I got books by Jim Cramer and shit too, but uh, the stuff that was about Warren Buffett just instantly spoke to me. It was like this big eureka moment for me. And um, it, was, it was so gratifying because all the stuff I had been saying years earlier, here it was being exposed, expounded upon by this legendary investor. Like the idea of something's a deal at 100, it's a screaming deal at 80. Well, here, like, one of the most successful investors of all time. That's his mantra. And so what started off for me is just, like, an inkling of an iota of just a sapperling, a seed of an idea, Buffett had already turned into, like, you know, this majestic redwood. So to me, that was the Rosetta Stone. That was the blueprint. And I just, I did, I just copied off the smart kid, you know. I just said, hey, look, I didn't study at all for this final the kid next to me read the book four times. I'll just copy all his answers. And yeah, I know this kid isn't going to get 100%, but that's okay. He's going to get an A, and if I copy him, I'm going to get an A. And if I start questioning this kid, if I start putting down different answers than him, I'm no longer guaranteed that A. So I'll just, I'll just copy off this market. And that's how I've always felt about Warren Buffett. Like I know there's holes in his philosophy because he's human. There has to be. But at the same time, I know it's worked for him, so I'll just copy him and I'll get the A. And uh, and so far it has worked for me. And But when I say copy him... One second. I don't mean just blindly following him into investments. I'm, I mean listening to his philosophy. When it comes to individual investments, I think he makes mistakes all the time. Um, I remember when he went into IBM. I remember thinking, man, like... <laughs> Well, this guy's 80 years old, and now all of a sudden he understands IBM. He's been reading their 10Ks for 50 years, and all of a sudden he understands them. It, it didn't seem plausible. Or when he went into airlines again, after decades of saying, oh, I wish I had a hotline where I could call up and be like, hey, my name, my name is Warren Buffett, I'm an airline After years of joking about that, all of a sudden he's back in airlines, like, oh, well, it's different this time. It's like, well, it may have been different, but the result was the same for him. He, he of course, lost money. So. There's a difference between hero worship, which is just blindly following uh, what he does, and then there's what I prefer to kind of think of it as, where less hero worship and more, uh, I don't even know how to call him a hero, but just analysis. You know, it's, it's like standing on the shoulder of giants. Um, one second. And then, so what does that mean? Well, I mean, it's really just all, like, the basic stuff. Uh you know there's so many investment opportunities out there there's essentially infinite right because there's all these stocks there's all these bonds all these derivatives all these currencies and commodities and real estate there's just more than you could really ever wrap your mind around and that's okay and the prices are constantly changing and the underlying economics of those propositions are constantly changing so it's essentially just more investment opportunity than one man could ever possibly digest and that's okay. It just makes sense to fish in the water that suits you, that you're most comfortable with. Remember, it gets back to your personality. Um, so for me, it's stocks. It's just, it makes the most sense to me. I've had the most success at it. It just, it's, it's where I fit in. And then even in that school, uh, you know, your philosophy can, can be different. But, but my point is, um, I'm a very negative person. And that's something that hurts me socially. Okay, I've never been popular. I've never had this overabundance of friends. I've never, you know, I've never been this socialite. So being a negative, no one likes a negative person, no one likes a complainer, you know, no one likes someone who's too critical. That's fine. It's not fine, but it's who I am. And I try to change in, in a social setting, but with investments, I don't have to change. That negative nature, it suits the philosophy I landed on. Because remember, there's infinite opportunities, essentially, so I can afford to sit there with a bat on my shoulder, as he would say, you know, it's like poker. If there were no antis, if there were no blinds, and your opponents were just the dumbest pieces of shit on the planet, there'd be no reason not to wait for aces every time. Just hold off for the nuts, and then push all in, and there you go. And if you could do that, yeah, once you know, if you push in with aces, heads up, you're going to lose about 20% of the time, but if you're going to win 80% of the time, and that's going to lead to a very successful um, career over the long term. To me, it's the same way with investing. Uh you know, I'm gonna sit there with a bat on my shoulder. I'm gonna miss opportunity after opportunity. It doesn't bother me. If I pass on, you know, Netflix or Tesla, and it ends up making a shitload of money, that's fine. Like, it it never bothers me. And if there's, it never if I don't understand a company and I don't invest in it and it does well, that's fine. Because I don't want to change my strategy to start investing in companies I don't understand. Because I know it's gonna hurt me in the long run. Yes, it would have maybe helped me in that one. Just like hey, I wish I called that raise with seven deuce because the flop came three sevens. Yeah, it would have helped me in that one hand, that one instance. But in the long run, calling raises with seven deuce is a loser's proposition. Just like investing in shitty companies, or not shitty companies, but companies you don't understand is a shitty proposition. Um, And sometimes I come really close. Sometimes I'm like, eh, I'm kind of on the edge. Maybe I should invest it. Maybe I shouldn't. Um, And I decide not to, you know. And if that company, like Ubiquity, the company did very well, I was like, ah, I was pretty close, but I was like, no, I just don't think I understand enough. And it's done extremely well since I took a pass on it all those years ago. That doesn't bother me. I'd much rather live in a world where the companies I almost invested in have done very well than the companies I almost invested in have done very poorly, because that shows me, hey, even the companies I pass on do amazing. So not not to say everything I invest in does amazing. Like Wells Fargo was a very clear exception. So that's one thing, you know, being really negative. And, uh, and it's going to throw, again, it's going to throw off false positives or false negatives, I'm not quite sure. That always confused me. But in any case, it's going to happen. And it just doesn't bother me. The fear of missing out, it just it doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, another thing, too, is um, I'm very antisocial. Like, I'm very introverted. Like, if I hang out with people all week, like if I go on vacation and I'm just always out with people, I come back being like, man, I need a fucking vacation. Because to me, just being by myself is how I recharge. That is the definition of an introvert. It doesn't mean you hate people. It doesn't mean, uh, you know, you're not able to talk to people. Being an introvert means you recharge by being alone. An extrovert recharges by being with people. I am an introvert, and so there are certain things that hurt me in social settings. Uh, for example, I have a hard time going along to get along. I have a hard time disagreeing with the group. Um, I will gladly disagree with the entire group and I'll be happy to tell them why I think they're all wrong. And that may not get me invited back, uh, but that I'd much rather speak my own mind than speak someone else's. So that might not help me in social settings, but with investments, it's, I mean, Jesus Christ, like you need to speak, think for yourself as far as I'm concerned. Um, if you're not gonna think for yourself, in my mind, then what's the point of investing in individual securities? Might as well just index invest. You know, If you're not thinking for yourself, you know what the fuck? You, what the fuck are you doing? You know, um, it's not really a, a negative. But I've always loved to read. Well, I shouldn't say I always did. Uh, I guess I can tell the story real quick. So when I was in the first, I was lucky. When I was in the first grade, um, my teacher noticed I'd fall behind on reading, and she cared. She gave a damn, and she pulled my parents aside. And fortunately, my parents also gave a damn. And she asked them, what is little Danny interested in? And it was easy. I was like six years old. So I was into WWF, that's wrestling. And I was into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So she was like, great. Get him a subscription to the magazines, to the comics, etc. And so I, I'd get shit in the mail. And like when you're a little kid, like shit in the mail is fucking amazing. And I used to read those fucking magazines as cover to cover over and over again. Then i started to, to video game magazines. I'd read them cover to cover over and over again. I used to go to the library... And just bug the lady. She'd pull out old GamePro magazines from the archive. We'd never have air conditioning at home. <laughs> so, like, I remember, like, summer of '95. It was so fucking hot in Chicago. I used to, like, live at the library. Um, I, mean, I don't want to give the impression that I was, like, never outside in the backyard playing football or catching bugs, but I read a lot as a kid. Um, and it was really that love of reading. Uh, and again, I owe it to my parents, I owe it to that first grade teacher. Um, when we go to the mall, we—my dad loved reading. We'd always go to the bookstores, and he'd always let me get whatever book I wanted. He didn't care. And I mean, once there was Calvin and Hobbes. We were at like an airport bookstore, and I saw um, like the attack of the homicidal jungle cat. And my family is fairly religious, so I thought, oh, maybe I'm not going to be able to to get that, you know. And my dad was like, well, of course, well, I don't care. Yeah. And so, you know. That was just another avenue of just, you know... The, I read all the Calvin and Hobbes books. I go to the library. Any ones I didn't own, I get from the library. I read every single one, I believe, that they ever, the guy I ever put out was named Bill Withers or something. No, that's an artist. In any case, it's that love of reading that helps me with investments. Uh, you know, reading books and reading uh, 10Ks. And, like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes reading 10Ks is torture. Um, but you know, I have a lot of self-discipline and I think self-discipline is something that you can develop. It's like a muscle and, uh, you can, you can slack and you can lose that self-discipline, but you just have to fight to get it back. So every morning when I wake up, I read a 10 K for an hour and, um, I haven't been doing it too long. It's something I've just started the last couple of months and I've missed days because of vacations and excuses and whatnot. But every time you get knocked off the horse, you just jump back on. Um, what else? Oh, when it comes to it comes to valuation, um, I cheat. Like I'm not really into like spreadsheets and discounting cash flows and and things like that. I I really think that the most important thing is that it's amazing. Pardon me. The most important thing is that it's an amazing company. Uh, if you look at a company, and it's amazing. I'm not going to say the price doesn't matter, but the price matters less. Okay, because the fact that it's an amazing company is going to can save you from buying at perhaps too high a price. And the most important thing is not buying a shitty company. If you buy a shitty company at a great price, well, it's probably going to be a shitty investment. And that's why I really don't believe in value investing. I don't believe in this idea that Well, look, this company's a piece of shit, but I got a great deal on it. Like, where else does that apply? Like, oh, those jeans suck. Oh, but I got a good deal. Oh, that car is a piece of shit. It's a lemon, but I got a good deal. You know, like whenever someone says they got a good price on something, that's just uh, you know that means whatever it is sucks. You know, if I say, oh, look at these uh, look at these blinds, I got a good deal. Chances are the blinds don't speak for themselves. You have to show, oh, I got a good deal. You got to tack that onto it as a writer to make up for the fact the blinds suck. That's why I view a stock. Like, I don't want to own a stock that was a great deal. I mean, sure, a great deal is better than a shitty deal. But I'd rather just own great companies. Uh, Because over the long term, that's really how you're going to make your money, I think. Uh, Value investing, it's just too hard. Um, The turnover is too great because, okay, I'm buying this stock at five, hoping it goes to ten. And then let's say it does. Well, now you got to find a new investment that's going to go from five to ten. You know, I'm talking about their earnings multiple. Pardon me. And so it's a lot of work. Every every few months, every few years, you're constantly having to dredge up new value, new value. That's a lot of work. And I'm a lazy guy. I'd much rather just look for amazing companies that I foresee being amazing for a long time and investing in and forgetting about it. Um, again, that just suits me. I'm not someone that checks the tickers every day. I, I barely check the tickers every month. Like people will be like, "Oh my God, you see what the market did?" And I have no idea. There could be like. We could be like three weeks into a recession. I wouldn't even fucking know. I just don't care. I don't, I don't follow the news. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't look at the tickers. I just I just don't care. You know, and, and that's, just, that's just who I am. And it just works to my advantage that way. Maybe to my detriment. Uh, maybe I'd do a lot better if it wasn't that way. But whatever, it's the way I am. Um, I probably should have done like an outline for this because I feel like I've been rambling the whole time. In case you haven't noticed, I'm on like three cups of coffee. It's like a jitterbug. Uh, so what else? What else can I talk about? So being, you know, being strict with what you invest in, thinking for yourself, the valuation. So I'm really big into game theory. I love games. It's all types of games. I don't care if it's Monopoly, Magic the Gathering, D&D, fucking bolos in the backyard, you know, pool, bowling, I can watch some football, play some basketball, whatever. I'm just into games, man. And so I look at investing as just a game. You know, the money is just points to me. That's just how I think. And let's see. So a long time ago, I was like, what is that, 2007, 2008, I hacked my Wii, and one of the games I put on it was this old DOS-based, uh, text-based game called Drug Dealer. And in that game... Uh, you'd buy and sell drugs. You, you had $5,000 that you owe to the loan shark at 10 points of VIG a day. And you just go from town to town. So like, let's say the average price of pot was 50. And let's say the average price of Coke was 100. Okay. So you might go into a town and the price of pot's like 45. And it's the best deal in town. So like, whatever, I'll buy it. Okay. You go into the next town and now Coke's at 20, which is a screaming deal a pot, they're only offering you forty for it. Well, what do you do? Well, the answer is you buy that Coke. And again, anyone who's just dropping in, I'm, this is a video game, not real life. You don't, you don't buy Coke. In, don't buy Coke in real life. Uh, but in the video game, you buy the Coke. It's a screaming deal at twenty. But what about the fact you bought the pot at forty-five and you're only getting forty for it? Isn't that bad? Well, sure. But that the the badness of that is far outweighed by the goodness of buying Coke at a screaming deal. So you, you liquidize your pot and you buy up all that Coke. And let's say you go into the next town and they're offering you eighty for Coke. Um and let's say you can buy pot at at you know twenty-five, let's say. Okay. Well, should you sell the Coke? Well, I mean, you might think, well, yeah, you bought the Coke for twenty, now they're offering you eighty. That's a great deal, it's four times your money. Well, no, the Coke is worth hundred. And so selling it for eighty isn't a great deal. But what is a great deal is the fact that pot's at twenty-five and it's supposed to be at fifty. So you can sell the Coke at a twenty percent discount to buy the pot at a fifty percent discount. And I've probably lost everyone in this whole fucking story because it's about some retarded video game I used to play. And the numbers are just I'm sure people just space out when they start hearing numbers thrown around. But that's the way I think is I don't care if I sell something for a loss, I don't care. I, I just don't care. The important thing is is my money being put to the best possible use. And it's like that with any game. You you fold the losing hand. Like you, you, you maximize your money. It's just what you do. And it's just it's just the game. And you can't who cares? You bought something for hundred and it goes down to ninety. And you have to sell it because there's something better that comes along. Like, what do you want, like a, a funeral for your $10 a share? Like, fucking move on with it. Like, it, it's gambling. And um, that's sort one of the I'm just a natural gambler. Like, I just love poker. I love the thrill of the dice. Um, I keep myself away from, like, the table games, you know. Uh, but I love poker. It's, it's my favorite game. I've devoted more time to that game than anything else. There was a time where I read every single fucking poker book that was out on the store shelves. Um, and when I was younger, man, I used to, I used to lose a lot of money playing poker, even super low stakes. I don't even know how it's possible, how much money I must have. I never even kept track when I was younger. But now I don't lose. I don't play nearly as much anymore. But it's the same mentality. It, it, I, I view I view investing as gambling, and that may seem odd. But um, I know gambling has a negative connotations. Most, most people do it stupidly. So when you walk in and you play the slot machine. You're gambling, right? Well, the trick is, so is the house. The casino is also gambling with that slot machine. The difference, well, there's two differences. One is they have a lot more money than you. But the difference I'm getting at is the odds are in their favor, right? That's why slot machines are a losing proposition. If if slot machines were a winning proposition, it, you know, it'd be smart to sit on a slot machine. But of course, they're not. They're, the math is against you. Uh, so anyway, so with investing, you're just trying to play with the math. On your side, just like in poker, and anyway, that's how I look at it. And I'm sure I've I've rambled quite enough. How are we doing on time? Twenty three minutes. Well, I mean, I guess I can stop right there. Um, well, thank you for listening. Bye bye. Hey, one second. So I went back and listened, and I said something on the show that I disagree with. I just want to clarify. Uh, when I said I don't want to get an amazing deal, uh, that's not exactly what I meant. What What I meant was. I don't want that to be the reason I buy something. I'm much more concerned by the company being amazing than the price being amazing. Now clearly you want both, but I put much more stock in an amazing company than an amazing price. I don't want to own something just for the price is is what I meant to say. Okay, thank you, bye-bye.